0: well good evening good evening and welcome we know that uh, we had cancelled tonight's we had canceled tonight's live stream and it was a very last minute cancellation and it turns out that we had to cancel the cancellation it turns out that the uh, family member who was supposed to arrive tonight is going to be arriving tomorrow night. So, as a result, we are able to proceed with tonight's live stream, which, as you may or may not be able to tell, (laughs) is going to be dealing with astral projection, the astral plane, and astral travel. All of these terms you most likely are familiar with to one degree or another. Or perhaps you've heard the expression 5D and 5D ascension and 5D this and 5D that, meaning, of course, the fifth dimension. The relationship between the path of initiation and the astral plane is a deep one. It's a significant relationship. The astral plane is an important aspect of the path. Unfortunately, due to many circumstances, the importance of astral projection and astral travel has been greatly exaggerated. There is far too much emphasis on the practice itself. Not to say that it's not important, not to say that it's not worthwhile pursuing, but the information on astral projection is overwhelmingly focused on getting to the Astral Plane itself. You will find precious little information on the nature of the Astral Plane itself, nor the many, many, many dangers and problems and pitfalls and traps that are awaiting for us in the internal worlds. And we say internal worlds because, as we know, there are the supernal worlds and there are the infernal worlds. As we've discussed in the past, we have lunar bodies. In our present state of consciousness we are asleep, we are not Buddhas, we are not enlightened, we are not awakened, we have not created our solar causal body in the sixth dimension, and as a result we have lunar bodies, lunar bodies which are overrun with egos, those mechanical entities, which are the cause of all of our defects and vices, all of our desires, our cravings and aversions, and indeed, the cause of all of our suffering. And one more thing. They are the cause of all our subjective experiences all of our fantasies, all of our misinterpretations, all of our beliefs, all of our concepts, all of our ideas... It is precisely this last aspect which puts us to sleep. We are hypnotized. We are mesmerized. We are made lunatics. We live in lunacy in our lunar bodies. And what are the lunar bodies? Our physical body is lunar because it's mechanical. It belongs to mechanical nature. It is appropriate for the physical body to be lunar in its present state, at its present level, in the third dimension. It is on loan to us by mechanical nature, as is our personality. Our personality is lunar. That is why, based on our star sign, we have various aspects and characteristics that are common to many, many others who share our star sign or share our birth date and astrological alignment with us. We will have a similar personality, not identical, but similar. It's as if our character in the MMORPG was selected from a group, a spectrum of personality types, and many aspects of this personality are, again, associated with astrology, which are astronomical phenomena, and... They are mechanical in nature. They work on cycles, they go on dates and seasons, etc., etc. But in addition to that, we have our vital body. Our body of prana, our body of chi. In the last live stream, focused on the fire. We were focusing on the vital body the body of fire, the body of electricity, the body of prana. That also is lunar in our case. Because we can observe ourselves, we stub our toe and immediately the fire erupts in us in anger or pain Oh damn it! Jeez! Da, 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 and it just erupts out of us—a knee-jerk reaction to to stubbing our toe, or having somebody insult us, or a reaction to a Facebook post or a comment on our Facebook post, which we find offensive, or whatever—and we can feel the fire automatically rising up inside of us, automatically, mechanically, reactively. Lunar. We say lunar because the moon governs mechanical nature. The moon acts like a pendulum for the planet. We know this to be true by observing the tides, by observing the woman's menstrual cycle by observing how during a full moon violent crime suicides and all manner of egotistical behavior and crimes related to egos increase on during a full moon and Full moons are especially preferable to practitioners of the left-hand path. The moon has no light of its own. The moon reflects the solar light. And in that reflection, in that modification, in that mediation, The solar light is subjected to the mechanical nature of the moon. So, the light we receive from a full moon is charged mechanically, it is inverted, it is polarized negatively, it feeds and energizes. All that is mechanical inside of us including all of our egos and that's why we refer to the energetic bodies and the subtle bodies which are mechanical in nature and function primarily on negative energy and can are affected by negative energy and react to negative energy automatically as lunar bodies. So we have a lunar vital body, our energetic body. At the next level, in the fifth dimension, we have our lunar astral and lunar mental bodies. combined, the astral body and the mental body, combined, form the vehicle with which we traverse and travel in the astral plane. Now, if we possess lunar astral and lunar mental bodies. Can we realistically, logically, objectively travel in the supernal fifth dimension, in the solar astral plane? Can you travel in the solar astral plane with Lunar astral body and lunar mental body If anyone wishes to hazard a go at answering that question We have some interesting comments Uh, to start off with. Jamie said, I found before starting Gnosis I could get close to astral projection, vibrations, etc. But after starting Gnosis, it's like all signs of astral travel have stopped. It should be... We'll, We'll get to that, Jamie. Hang in there if you're still with us. Hang in there. We will address this point. The and it's related to the question that we just asked a moment ago. Dakota asks, "Where are the demons at?" And she says, "Or uh, I'm assuming that's a she. Apologies, uh, Dakota. If that's a he, we we're not sure d- d- the way that's spelled." Um, Dakota also says, "My cat astral travels with me," but they also say, "5G sucks." Um, <laughs> if- if you're, if, uh, uh, 5G, if you're referring to the, uh, the energy, uh, the, 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 the energy of 5G cell phones, you're correct. We were, we were referring to 5D, but anyway, um, Charles has a hole and, uh, all right. So no one at present is ready to hazard a guess or to make a, uh, or to make a educated guess, or or follow their intuition, does it not seem self-evident to you that if you do not possess your solar astral body, that you cannot travel in the solar astral plane? All right, we have a taker. (laughs) Thank you, Serena. If we have lunar astral bodies, it follows that we can only go to the lunar astral plane. Now, what is the lunar astral plane? Have you ever had a dream? So Jamie says the solar astral vibrates at a different rate than lunar. Okay. Obviously, it has a much, much, much higher vibration. It is a much more subtle plane of reality, a plane of existence, than the lunar astral plane, which, as we mentioned, is mechanical, it's heavy, and it's lower. It's in the infernal worlds. And then Jamie follows that up by saying different vehicle for different locations. For instance, in order to be here... In the physical plane, interacting with physical reality, we require a physical body. It just—it's self-evident to be in three-dimensional reality and exist on this plane proper. We need a vehicle that vibrates at the frequency at and is constituted at the density which is related to the three-dimensional plane of reality. The lunar astral plane. Is also known as hell. It is klipoth. This is where we go, this is where we travel, this is where we project, if we possess a lunar astral body. And this is where we go when we dream, because when we dream we experience Just how mechanical and mechanistic our astral body is, and the lunar astral plane is, because we are asleep, consciousness is asleep, and we get batted around like a a cat playing with a mouse, or like a, a ball in a pinball machine. Or a ping-pong ball and a ping-pong table. Pick whatever metaphor or symbolism speaks to you. Serena says, lunar is more like Hades. There's no difference. Hades, hell, the infernal worlds, the infernal planes, it's all the same thing. The underworld the world of the dead, it's all the same thing. There are countless, countless million names and versions in mythology describing the underworld. Hades is the lord of the underworld, if we are not mistaken. Charles says, I've had this word as pure insight before during a psychedelic trip. I had to research its meaning, Klipoth. Yeah, that's hell. klipath. That's what we're referring to. Klipoth is hell on the tree of life, of Kabbalah. That's what we're referring to here. This is klipath. That's the lunar fifth dimension. And it's not surprising that you would be made aware of that uh, word on a psychedelic trip. Because some entity, either malevolent or benevolent, was trying to make it clear to you that you're in hell. Psychedelics can only take you to hell. They can only take you to Klippoth. They can only take you to the lunar astral plane because you are subjecting yourself to the influence of the psychedelic. You cannot subject yourself to the forces of mechanical nature and expect to wind up in the solar astral plane. The influence to be subjected to mechanicity can only land you in a realm of mechanicity. It's self-evident. All right, Serena asks, what about theophanies happening in dreams? And, okay. Your innermost being is always trying to reach you our divine mother our innermost being is always trying to get through to us and is <clears throat> and they are always sending us communication information always now in our waking moments we are so preoccupied with being awake and busying ourselves with the activities of the day, whatever those activities may be, that we don't hear them. We don't hear the them, and we can't see what they're trying to, to tell us most of the time. When we receive intuition, we hear the still soft voice, we recognize, aha, okay, that's It's intuition that's trying to break through, like the cacophony of the mind, for example. Or, you know, the voices in our head and the sentimentality and the other burning emotions in our heart. And then all of a sudden we'll get this insight, this flash of insight, this this knowing, this intuition. That's coming to us from our innermost. But because we are so convinced and so fascinated, so absorbed and identified with this physical body and this three-dimensional space, it's very difficult to receive communications, visualizations, for example, symbols and allegories and stories, unless they are embodied and encoded in things like books or music or paintings or opera, or m- movies, etc. So messages that have been left for us, even in advertising, even in billboards, there might be a message that was exactly what we needed to see, and we connect with it, and we have a uh, what what you're referring to as here as a, um, a theophany, or an epiphany, or a eureka moment, or any type of mini, 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 very tiny shamadi, where we are Making that connection. We have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and we recognize, aha, there's that little serendipity. And we've talked about that many times on this live stream. The little breadcrumb, the mana from heaven. They give us this day our daily bread in the Lord's Prayer. So clearly, when we go to sleep, there is a tremendous opportunity for learning and guidance on the part of our Divine Mother and our innermost being. Because, as you know, when you dream, we leave the physical body. We travel to the astral plane. Now we're in the lunar astral plane, but it still has the same characteristics. It has the same qualities and abilities. And as you know, one of the qualities and abilities of the astral plane is that it's not bound and limited by the laws of the physical plane. So here, then, is a tremendous opportunity. And of course, the lunar astral plane is entirely subjective. So your dream is your dream. So there is a tremendous opportunity for you to have various different experiences that are orchestrated by your Divine Mother. And you, you can have dreams which are exactly as you described, filled with theos... Uh, that's a difficult word to pronounce. Theophanes. However rarely are these literal and overt. Many, many, many times, the messages that we are receiving in dreams are encoded. They're in symbol, and they're in allegory. And the language of dreams, the language of symbolism, of of archetypes, is one which is not well known, is not well understood. Certainly not by the mind, certainly not by even those that claim to be experts in, in dream interpretation. Uh, so, for example, contemporary psychologists, or or even Jungian psychologists, with all of their archetypes, and they believe they know what this. If this, if you experience this in a dream, that's what this means. Or if you experience that in a dream, it means something else. We have, in our experience, been able to apply our ability for seeing and hearing, interpreting. For example, on our blog, the the many interpretations we have made of contemporary mythology, contemporary films, etc. We have been able to assist others in understanding and making sense of their dreams. And any time we have ever encountered a text that tries to explain in a formulaic way, if you experience this, it means that. And if you experience this, it means that. If you experience this, it means that. It has always not sat well with us. It has, it has, uh, it, 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 it did not ring true. But perhaps it was because they were they were taken out of context. So perhaps if we were sitting in front of an individual, and they were describing for us their dream, and we were able to visualize their dream as they were describing it for us, perhaps we too would have arrived at those same definitions of those symbols as they were laid out in the text. But out of context, out of context, the language of Atsuluth, the language of archetypes, as so-called dream interpreters, explain them or express them. They, for us at least, don't work that way for us. Because it's not an intellectual exercise. In our view, the mind cannot understand the language of absolute The language of absolute, the language of archetypes, is a conscious faculty. It's the language of the seventh dimension, from the world of archetypes. And so that is the faculty which we use to make our interpretations, not just of films and books and allegories and scripture and mythology, but also life all around us and including our own dreams and our own life so in dreams we can have powerful experiences we can receive powerful messages we can ha- we can experience teachings but the thing to remember about a dream is that we are in the lunar astral plane which means we have to be very careful how we interpret those dreams with what faculty we're using to interpret those dreams what beliefs are being woven around those interpretations around the experience of that dream because if you're not if you're not careful and you don't carefully observe your own ego mind, you can have, for example, a dream where... or or even an astral projection experience. This has happened many times, what we're about to share with you, where someone will travel in the astral plane, either in a dream or consciously having a lucid dream, waking, traveling. They will go and they will observe Their loved one, their spouse, their partner, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, what what have you. And what do they observe? (gasps) Their partner is having sexual intercourse with somebody else. And they wake from their experience in shock and in anger, traumatized incensed, outraged. And they either immediately, or they wait until the morning, the next day, or whenever. And they proudly and confidently march into an encounter with that loved one. And they accuse them of adultery, or they accuse them of cheating. And end the relationship. Because I saw you with my own eyes, they will say. You don't lie to me. I, went, I visited you yesterday. I saw you with my own eyes, and you were having sex with so-and-so, or a complete stranger, or whatever. And they will be so absolutely convinced of what they saw. And they will have an entire scenario. Oh, now I know where you were last weekend. And now I know where you went with the boys when you went fishing. Now I know what you were doing on your fishing trip. And then on and on and on and on and on and on and on, and on it goes. And they will be 100% wrong. 100%. Their experience was in the lunar astral plane, and thus wholly mechanical, wholly subjective, wholly fantastical, and entirely within their own psychological hell. This happens all the time. All the time. and. Many, 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 many people have accused many others of many crimes which they never committed, they're not guilty of. But it doesn't matter, because the New Age does not teach people about the dangers, about the reality, of traveling in the astral plane they you can read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books countless websites countless YouTube videos and and meditation CDs and all these techniques and it goes on and on and on it's all about getting into the astral plane that's the goal that's what they they they're focused on and not a single word not a single phrase uttered now you know realize you're not in a, you're not a master yet you're not a you're not a buddha yet you're not you haven't created your solar causal body which is in the 6th dimension and because you haven't created your solar causal body You're down here. This, by the way, the sixth dimension, see this dividing line here? Right? The causal body, the human soul, see this? This is the monad, this is the higher self, the at, the the Atmic body, our innermost being, the Buddhic body, our consciousness. The causal body, the human soul, this is the monad, this is the supernal vehicle the Divine Soul, the Divine uh, Vehicle Vessel for the Supernal Worlds. It's in the sixth dimension. Not in the fifth, in the sixth. This is what it means to be awake. To be able to project into the astral plane doesn't tell you anything about whether or not you are awake. You can be awakening negatively. You can be awakening as a hastamusun. You can be awakening through your egos. You can be awakening as a demon and projecting into the astral plane. And you think everything you're experiencing is objective and real because I'm traveling in the astral plane. They don't tell you the truth you're in hell you're in a plane of existence which entirely subjective okay we have some chats here we want to uh, address them before we we don't like getting we don't like falling behind and plus you know we enjoy the interaction we 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 don't mind in fact in We don't, at some point, we want to be able to invite other individuals to come and participate. uh, Make some of these live streams more like a Zoom call, right? More like some of the other live streams on the internet where we have guest speakers or whatever, and we have like a conversation. Okay, so uh, Layla says, I had that also, like waking up, being. Ministried some amazing things, um, like a lecture going on, going on a teaching. Okay, um, Treya says, so grateful for those messages when they come. Yeah, absolutely. When we receive messages, they're important. Okay, Layla says, used to wake up speaking, uh, and opening my mouth like eating something many times. Now, Dylan asks a question here which we will get to but we might as well ask it now how can you protect yourself in the astral plane had many lucid adventures can smell and sensations feel feel realer than life were flying upward coupled with bad experiences terrible conflict and war and constantly trying to send me down Uh, Joel says, when you reach one mountain top, you look and see another goal. Get to the astral plane first then get to the sun. Uh, Trey says, I need assistance with my dreams. And Joel, okay. So let's come back to how can you protect yourself? There There are There are a number, well, first of all, we have to clarify the different kinds of protection that we may be in need of. And the first but certainly not the only, but we would say the main form of protection that we have to work with is what's called the microcosmic star. And it just so happens that uh, Glorianne has has a very short YouTube video that explains what the microcosmic star is. It's a movement that we can do with our body, and it is a it is a form of protection, and it's a form of invoking the energy and the power of our inner divinity. It is the making the upright pentagram with our body. And so this, we may as well just watch this together, um, as a primal. We may pause it at one point because, and walk you through it, because there is an element from the microcosmic star here, uh, which is missing. And it's the mantra, Krim, Krishnaya Govindaya Gopijana Vaya Baya Swa. Ha. There may be, that that may not be the exact spelling, but we'll, uh... klim krishnaya, govindaya, gopijana, vayabhaya, swaha. Okay. So, the incorporation, this is what's known as the mantra of mind protection. And When we incorporate, let's see if we can do, yeah, okay, that'll be better. Um, if we incorporate this mantra in combination with the microcosmic star, this is a very powerful form of protection. We can use it in meditation, we can certainly use it in the astral plane, we can use it just about anywhere. So We're going to play the video and then we'll pause and we'll explain. Okay, so. (laughs) Layla offers us a correct spelling. (laughs) We spell, you know what though? The, 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 the difficulty we have with this spelling is that it's not phonetic. In via and in, because we don't want anybody to think that this that that lat, latter part of the uh, mantra is vala baya because it's not vala baya, it's vaya by it's vaya baya swaha. So we we tried to put the y in there instead of the other l because we wanted to spell it phonetically. So we're going to go back to the y. So because it's you know what, frankly, in a universe of sound with mantra, the Divinity doesn't care how you spell it. What matters is how you say it. The sounds matter. Because the sound has the energy, the force, the power, the magic. It's in the sound. Even though we can say, yes, spelling is spelling, and spelling is magical, okay, We, we understand it. It's important. If you write it down, then fine. But what matters is the pronunciation. And that's what matters in this particular moment. Because when we do the microcosmic star... We're speaking the mantra. We're not writing it down. So, um, so let's watch the video. And um, there's no st- speaking in the video. There's there's. I'll I'll read the microcosmic star is a symbolic movement for invoking protective energy. Hopefully, this is a uh, yeah normal speed. Okay. Okay. This is why. The microcosmic star mirrors the macrocosmic star. I am the root of the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The power of the star is in us is in the middle this is how to perform the movement heels together right arm over left pray to your innermost for protection and energy step out with right foot swing arms down then up to horizontal position raise arms to form the apex of the star drop hands to touch shoulders Extend arms to horizontal position. Bring right foot back, heels together. Drop hands to cross at wrists. Oh, raise crossed hands over chest. Throughout, visualize forming the cosmic star. Okay, we're going to pause it here and we're going to slow this down to uh, uh, three quarter speed. Okay, Um, because. Okay, we're going to watch it again. We're going to speak the mantra so you can see how to integrate the mantra with the movement. So, this is how we would do it. Klim, Krishnaya, Govindaya, Gopijana, Vayabhaya, Swaha. Following that, the other thing that you can also do is the sign of the cross, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and by the Holy Tetragrammaton, which... We don't have a video for that, and it's difficult to do in the confines of this live stream. But perhaps we'll uh, perhaps we'll uh, do that. Or what we recommend we what we recommend is you study the course called Defense for Spiritual Warfare. And the Defense for Spiritual Warfare course outlines not only the mantra of mind protection, but other mantras of protection, prayers of protection, the macrocosmic star, the tetragrammaton, and it is worthwhile your time to uh, study that course because of what we've been talking about and what we'll get into more detail. Um, as we proceed in tonight's as we proceed in tonight's topic, because it follows, it makes sense that if you're going to travel in hell, you want to be prepared. We can read this little introduction. From Samayan Bayor, the the Black magicians of the Black Lodge struggle to swerve initiates off the path. This is why it is necessary, urgent, that the devotees defend themselves from the attacks of the Tenebrous Ones. Thus, it is urgent to learn how to do so. We must chant these mantras with all our soul. We must chant them with profound emotion. This is how we defend ourselves from the tenebrous ones. We cannot afford to be naive. We cannot fall, we cannot allow ourselves to fall into the trap of believing that because I'm in the astral plane, I'm awakened, I'm enlightened, I'm a star seed, I'm a light worker, and now I'm gallivanting around in the supernal worlds with the angels, and the masters, and the, and the, and the arisen ones. No. No, we're not. We're not anywhere near there. What we are, are in hell. We are in the territory, the stomping grounds, the domain of the Black Lodge. If you go to a New Age bookstore, we challenge you to do this. Go to any New Age section of any bookstore and pick up a random book off the shelf and open it, either read the back, it's either going to be uh, written on the back, or it's going to be in the preface, the prologue, or the introduction, whatever, however that book is organized. And we can't give you an exact statistic here. We're not going to say 99 times out of 100, but certainly there is a very good statistical chance that the book that you just picked off the shelf, somewhere, either on the back cover or on the inside cover, the prologue, the introduction, somewhere there, it's going to describe how the author was chosen by the archangel so-and-so to channel this book, the, the material that's in this book, And they will go into great detail describing the resplendent being that appeared to them in the astral plane and said, You, you will be my messenger. I have chosen you, you to write my message and share my message with the world. No master. No angel, no ascended being of the supernal worlds participates in spiritism, in channeling. Not a single one. All of those books on those new age shelves, written by individuals that if they were here on this live stream, as a guest speaker, would be absolutely determined, absolutely confident in their experience, absolutely stalwart in the contents of their book that was given to them by this resplendent being, this angel, this whatever. And they will fight tooth and nail And they will give us all the rationalizations and all the, and but I felt like this and he made me feel like that. And it was so powerful and it was so moving and it was so this and it was so that. And they won't listen to reason. They won't listen to the facts. The facts are that if a being in the supernal worlds, an ascended master wants to teach humanity, he comes down, and he reincarnates as a human being. No ascended master faxes down instructions through, through a third party. No. How does a being who is, who is one with the Logos, who is one with love, is pure severity and mercy pure compassion, who only ascended to those heights, to those levels, through the process of birth, death, and sacrifice, the three factors of evolution and revolution of the consciousness. How does an ascended being all of a sudden decide to change the modus operandi of the White Lodge, the modus operandi of divinity? birth death and sacrifice which they have done countless lifetimes countless lifetimes and now all of a sudden they're going to throw that out the door and they and they're going to they're going to choose of, of somebody else and they're going to impose upon them and possess them because that's what channeling is that's what spiritism is they're going to demand, or not so much demand, but charm, seduce, convince. Yes, you will be my channel. Do this, this, this. Allow me to enter into you and surrender your hand and, and uh, surrender your fingers. And I will type through your fingers my, my, my testament my gospel, my new covenant for humanity, and you will be the the divine typist, and you will write it down, and you will get it published. All, all of such experiences, all of such material, is the work of the Black Lodge. Because unbeknownst to them, these individuals projecting into the astral plane were projecting into the lunar astral plane. And of course you're in the realm of deception. You're in the realm of lunacy. You're in the realm of fantasy and illusion and subjectivity. So, of course, a demon can appear to you however they want. More specifically, they can appear to you in accordance with whatever your desires are. So, someone who's in the astral plane, and they really want... To an experience, they want to meet a master, they want to meet an angel, they want to be serve the light and serve divinity. And oh, and I want to be a messenger, and I want to be this, and I want to be that. Or even if they don't express it consciously, subconsciously, these desires are brewing inside of them and creating precisely because all of our desires come from ego anyway, that's the Black Lodge. So, the Black Lodge picks their targets, their pawns, their the useful idiots. The useful idiots who are easily duped, because they have so much mystic pride, they fall for this like, like nothing. And you don't have to take our word for it. Go to a new age bookstore. We're telling you. The the shelves are lined, filled with book after book after book after book after book. book. And someone points out here, Charles, Facebook, the internet, is chocked full of so-called channelers. They're all over the place. You can't count them. There's so many of them. Let's see. Yeah. New Age is high on pride, not high on art. And consciousness. Indeed. Uh, okay, we've got early Doreen Virtue. We, I can't say that I'm familiar with early Doreen Virtue and why you have the shrugging of the shoulders um, and what you're trying to say, Serena. But anyway, your comment has been shared. Um, Joel L says, I'm with you on that. Experienced it when we first started out. And that's why the Divine Mother intervened to block that group who was reaching out to us. Joel says, Haley Rudolph. Roy says, Ha ha. And Serena says, not to sound critical, because thank God she gave she gave that up. But it's the story of early Dorian virtue. Oh, okay. So early Doreen Virtue was also a channeler. That's that's what we're that's what we're getting from your uh, comment anyway Serena. The question is where is she today and what is she doing today? And has she learned anything? Because she might not be channeling anymore. But there are that's the Black Lodge has An unlimited bag of tricks that they use to seduce us. We're going to jump to a different course for a moment. And, um, Going to share this link as well so that you have it and that you know you can look up this course anytime here's the uh, link so do you want to know oh this is not what we wanted to uh, read actually no 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 so this course we 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 highly recommend, um, and specifically the fourth lecture in the course. We who are trapped in illusion must connect with something that is factual, real, our true inner being. Our inner being is God. The spirit who is connected with our consciousness through the pineal gland. Remember that in the pineal gland we have the seed of the soul. So when we are remembering our true selves, let's move this, so when we are remembering our true selves in all the body, but the center of gravity of the consciousness, which remembers the true self is in the pineal gland. That which is the Spirit, God, is always in the 6th dimension, not in the body. In order to have the Spirit incarnated, we have to have the solar bodies created. The ego has to be disintegrated as well. So what we want with this technique is the annihilation of the ego, which is, which is mind. It is the mind which weaves the illusions that hypnotize us and blind us from what is real, which is the being, our true selves. We explained in the last lecture that when we enter into the internal planes and the astral plane, then we see many representations or images from the objects in the astral plane. And also visions, which are messages coming from the sixth dimension, from our inner spirit, which are teachings, knowledge, wisdom, directly related with the level of our consciousness, related with that which we have to perform in order to advance one step more on the path of our self-realization. Related with the representations and visions that we experienced within, We have to study very carefully our own psyche in order not to fall into the different wrong states and confusions and in order not to commit any crime. This is because with dream yoga, we start developing our consciousness, the inner senses of our soul, mainly clairvoyance, which is related with the pituitary gland and the pineal gland. What we want is to develop the superlative intuition, which is also called intuitive clairvoyance. For that, we have to exercise the consciousness. It is not possible to awaken the consciousness if we are not awake in the physical plane. If we do not remember ourselves, if we do not observe ourselves, it is impossible to awaken in the astral plane and to understand the messages and all the mysteries that are in each one of us. And then, of course, we get into unconscious impressions and we keep going on and on. This course, like all the Glorian courses, we recommend wholeheartedly without any hesitation whatsoever. But the clear implication here is that our ability to discern reality objective truth in our astral experiences in our dreams it's a function of intuition it's still it's the still soft voice which guides us through our experience in the astral world just as in the real world that the real world the physical world the astral world is more real than our than this world but in any case If we are honest with ourselves, if we observe ourselves, if we know ourselves, and we know our defects and vices, if we know rather intimately, let's say, our Our egos, then we know that those vices, those habits, those temptations, rarely come to us as an enemy. Our defects often come to us as a friend. The, the our egos are seductive they are charming they are tempting our egos rarely appear to us as you know mustache twirling villains and we're just talking about run of the mill egos that we face and deal with every day could be gluttony Could be lust, could be envy, could be anger. When do, when do, when does the mind, when do the voices in your head ever appear to you as your enemy? Don't they always appear to you as you or as your friend? Like Gollum speaks to Smeagol in Lord of the Rings? But he says, who was it that helped you? Who was it that helped us? Who was it that helped us survive all these years? And how many times have you heard people justify and rationalize that no, no, the ego is helpful and useful. I need my ego. I'm not going to get rid of my ego. I need my ego. It's helpful and useful to me. So... Why would it be any different in the astral plane that you're that that the demons and egos would why wouldn't they take the same approach? Now, are there phenomena of malevolent entities, lesser entities, lesser demons that don't have the power to? transmogrify themselves, and they, they, so perhaps you're familiar with phenomena such as sleep paralysis, or, well, we were, we were going to mention wet dreams, but wet dreams are incubi and succubi, and they do have the power of transmogrification, because In your dream, they appear to you as a beautiful woman or as a sexy man. they, they, They appear in your dream to fornicate with you. So they have to have that power, a transmogrification, to seduce you precisely because they want your sexual energy. That's what they feed on. They're astral larvae. They're parasites, metaphysical parasites. And sleep paralysis is another similar related phenomenon with these entities, these these lunar mechanical entities that are going to, in that case, create this phenomenon known as sleep paralysis. There are other instances where you may be attacked in the astral plane outright by a demon, and you will know it's a demon by the way it looks, by the way it behaves, and it'll be clear to you, and it'll be obvious, it'll be self-evident, and your intuition will say it, and And it's, you know, it would be, however, clearly, many misinterpret these encounters as well, because they come back, they awaken, and they say, oh my god, I was attacked by a reptilian, or I was attacked by an alien, or I was attacked by whatever. Because, of course, the mind then weaves an elaborate story around their encounter, and they don't realize they were being attacked by a demon or or a lesser malevolent entity of their own subconsciousness. So we went over the microcosmic star and the mantra, Klim, Krishnaya, Govindaya, Gopijana, Vayabaya, Swaha. Now, we also want to mention... There is another way to do the microcosmic star in the astral plane. Now, when you are in the astral plane, lunar astral plane, solar astral plane, whatever, you're in the astral plane. Remember, you're, we are not bound by the same l- rules and laws as the physical plane. So for starters, you can fly. Okay, for, for starters. It's one of the tricks, by the way, if you can practice during your waking hours to take stock of where you are, to really feel where you are, and try to determine whether or not you're awake. Imagine you're in the movie Inception, and you're trying to determine whether you're really awake or if this is just a dream, someone's dream that you're trapped in. Now... In Inception, they have this strange little plot device where everybody has a, a little trick or a tool or whatever and that they use to determine whether or not they're in a dream. But there's a much, much, much easier way to determine whether or not you're in the astral plane. And that's simply try to fly. Just jump up in the air. And with the intention of floating above the ground. And if you are, you know, having an experience walking around and everything and you remember, you know what? Am I in the astral plane? Is this this the physical plane or am I in the astral plane? Am I dreaming? Let me check. Do a little jump, with really with the intention of floating, or really with the intention of flying. If you float, you know you're in the astral plane. And you will immediately wake up, and you will begin to be able to travel in the astral plane. Because you will be awake now, you will know that you're in the astral plane, whereas before, you were just dreaming, but you thought it was reality. Uh, On this point, Charles says... A good trick for that is every time you cross a door frame, put your hand to it and ask yourself that question. Am I dreaming? Yeah, this habit will stick. Okay, but asking the question isn't enough. You can ask yourself, am I dreaming? Is this the astral plane? Hmm." And continue on. You need to do something which you can only accomplish in the astral plane, which you cannot accomplish in physical reality. You need to actually perform, you need to do a test, you need to verify, you have to have the evidence. We're talking about gnosis here, we're talking about objective reality. Asking yourself the question is a good first step. The trick of of doing that every time you cross a threshold, you go through a doorway, that's a good trick, but that's... it's not always possible to perform the check. You know, because there's other people around, you don't want to seem strange, you don't want to be jumping up and down in, in any old situation. So, however, it is It is a good trick to, to use that as a, a guide. Now, the only downside to that is if you're having a dream that doesn't have any doors in it, you're not going to remember to ask if you're dreaming. So while it's a good trick to get you to ask that question often, if the downside to it is it's connected to a specific phenomenon which may or may not exist in your dream. And then it, so for example, if you're dreaming outdoors, and there are no doors handy, then you may not, you may forget to ask yourself if you're dreaming. So, it's better to simply try to cultivate the practice of remembering yourself, of observing yourself, remembering yourself, and as part of your mindfulness practice, you ask yourself, is, it, is this the astral plane? Let me check and do your little jump. There are other little tricks as opposed to jumping. Like if you're on a bus, you can't jump on a bus. But you can try to push your finger through the seat in front of you. Or try to pull your finger and stretch it out as if it was made out of rubber. Uh, there are... There are other things that you can do in the astral plane which you could not do in the physical plane. So, the key is to include the awareness of where you are as part of your mindfulness practice, as part of your self-remembering. Now, if you get attacked... There is another way to defend yourself in the astral plane. Sometimes doing the microcosmic star the way that it was shown in the video is not practical and is not powerful enough. Because sometimes what we need to do is draw a circle of protection Around us, on the ground, and we, we and so we and a macrocosmic star, a pentagram on the ground that we're inside, and we draw it in a circle of flame, and we draw that circle of flame around us with our sword, our flaming sword. Now you might be asking, where do I get a flaming sword in the astral plane? Where does Perseus get his weapons in order to descend into the labyrinth to defeat Medusa? Who gives Perseus his weapons? But Athena, his divine mother. if you are in the astral plane and are awake if you feel threatened if you are if you if there is some entity or a demon of some or some approaching all you need to do is invoke your divine mother pray to her ask her please divine mother give me bring me my sword bring my sword to me And your sword will appear. Take your sword. Hold it out in front of you. And do a circle. And trace. With your conscious imagination. Trace a circle around you. A circle of flame. A circle of fire. As you pronounce the mantra. Elyon... Melion Tetragrammaton. And trace the circle of fire, the circle of protection with the pentagram so that the bottom two points of the star are facing your enemy, are facing your adversary. Yeah. So just to be clear, Betty, we're not dismissing. We're not dismissing the suggestion that Charles had. We're not dismissing it. Okay. But recognize that you will have dreams in the astral plane that may be taking place outside. Or, you will be outside during the day, and if you're relying on that particular methodology to remember whether or not you're in the astral plane, by when you cross a threshold, you could spend an entire day at the beach, or an entire weekend camping, and never ask yourself if you're in the astral plane. Ultimately, it's a mechanical practice. You're you're connecting your mindfulness to a, spe- a a very specific circumstance. Whereas what we want to try to do is develop a conscious practice of, of, of awareness, of mindfulness, of where we are, so that we can determine if we are in the astral plane, regardless of the circumstances. If we are outside, if we are camping, if we are wherever we are, if there are no doors or doorways available, but we are always taking the opportunity to practice self-observation, self-remembering. And of course, we don't have to do this 24 hours a day. We don't have to go and say, you know, every moment of every day, am I in the astral plane? Am I in the astral plane? Am I in the astral plane? That's not what we're talking about. In the same way that when you practice self-remembering, it's not an automatic, mechanical practice. We're talking about cultivating the consciousness here. That's what these practices do. Um, So we're not dismissing anything. You begin doing whatever you're doing. Our job here, like this entire live stream, the purpose of this live stream is not to tell you not to astral project. We're not dismissing astral projection, are we? On the contrary, our job here is to simply reveal the shortcomings that, and the 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 potential dangers and the threats and the traps and the tricks and the pitfalls that await you there. We are here to expand and share with you additional knowledge and experience that others won't. So wherever Charles picked up that trick of the doorway, that's fine, that's great, that's a good first step. But now we're here to help him get to the next level and leave the doorway behind. Because our consciousness shouldn't be shackled to any physical phenomena. We're not dismissing Any practice here, we all have to begin somewhere. But, any practice that we have, until we are an Ascended Master, and creating practices for others to follow, because we are that awakened and enlightened and experienced, until we have attained those levels, we have to recognize that any practice that we have, is not the be-all and the end-all. Okay. Uh, Charles says, no worries, I fully agree with Atlas. His points were really good and I saw the flaws in my tricks. And Charles says, leave the doorway behind, that's very symbolic. Now, Charles also says, I can't be sure, but I think the Sikh carry a knife. Yes, they do. Is it a, it's a, do they call it a Chris? K-R-I-S? No, it has a different name. The Kirpan, that's it. That's right, Charles, it's the Kirpan. With them at all times, not so much for this plane, but for the astral plane. I notice the items I carry on me every day are often with me in dreams uh wa- uh watch pocket knife etc fair enough and well you're welcome betty that's what we're here for um let's go co- let uh, on the on the point of carrying something which you which will then appear in the astral plane, Perhaps because they don't, we don't know enough about Sikhism. To be honest with you, we have never studied it. We've never participated in it. We're more familiar with Sufism. The Sufis also know about the astral plane. They also travel in the astral plane. Sufis don't carry a knife. They don't have to because they know about the Divine Mother, and they know that they can invoke. Whatever weapon they need, whenever they need it, in the astral plane. So, do you really need to carry a knife, and so that you can have it available to you? Well, clearly, if that's what they teach, and that's we also know, for example, through uh, Sikh martial arts, that they used uh, these fist weapons, um, and but before they practice with any weapon. They spend a fair amount of time praying over the weapons and praying to the weapons. They're essentially praying to the elementals of the weapons. Um, So, is that a worthwhile strategy to pursue? Um, Perhaps, but we would ask you this. Use your imagination and put yourself in the shoes of of a confrontation with a demon. Do you really want to tangle with a demon with a knife? With a pocket knife? Like, do you really want to get into a knife fight with a demon? Or would you rather have a flaming sword and a shield? It's up to you, of course. It's up to you. But for our part, we know that we have no need for a flaming sword on this plane. We also know that we have had a need for and have used a flaming sword in the astral plane, and we would not have exchanged it for anything. Treya asks... Isn't it more about calming the fear? Do you have to fight them at all? Now, try to grasp what we mean by lunar astral plane, and, and try to grasp being in hell. You are in their domain. and. When you say no fear, no food for them, you don't experience fear in the astral plane when you're lucid, at least. When you're dreaming, you do, but when you're lucid, you don't experience it in the same way, especially if the demon you're fighting is fear, because then fear appears to you as a demon. And will attack you, what appears to be attacking you physically, in the astral plane. And so, it's no, it's not enough. You can't, you cannot, when you are in the astral plane, and you are in the lunar astral plane, and you are being attacked by a demon, it's not enough, you cannot like sit down and start meditating and calming your calming yourself and, and and expect the demon to back off that's not how this works if you've read we've we've written an 80,000 word dissertation on the nature of fear and in that dissertation we describe several instances when we were attacked by our demon of fear in the astral plane and do you know do you know the expression what it means to be paralyzed by fear or gripped by fear you know where that expression comes from because if fear grabs you in the astral plane touches you you will become paralyzed you will be paralyzed by fear but not because you're paralyzed by fear you are literally paralyzed by fear because fear has the power of paralysis the demon of fear has that power in the astral plane so if they can if they can reach you and touch you you will become immobilized you will be gripped by fear and We have an experience where not only were we gripped by fear, that demon was carrying us somewhere, was flying somewhere with us under its arm, and we were completely paralyzed, gripped by fear. We were being taken away by the demon. So, no... This, it's not enough to be okay. Well, okay, I'm gonna, I'm cool with this, right? I, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid. You know, whatever he's gonna let me go. No, no, no. We cannot afford to be naive. And the laws of the astral plane are not the same as the laws of the physical plane. And if we're in the lunar plane, it's more dense than reality. There are more laws, and the demons know those laws and tricks. We don't. We don't have access to them. You can't touch someone in the astral plane and cause them paralysis. You don't have that power. But fear has that power. Incubi and succubi have the power to make you orgasm. They have the power to seduce you. Get you aroused and get you to orgasm. And many other entities have many other powers and abilities. We have to know how to defend ourselves and protect ourselves. But most importantly, we have to be conscious of the fact that when we travel in the astral plane, we are sitting ducks. And we are... They We, we can at times attract the interest of entities that are coming to us like moths to a flame because and the the more awake we become the more we're practicing white tantra the the more we're we're working with the fire and the more we're preserving our sexual force and practicing pranayama and transmuting the sexual force and meditating and awakening our consciousness and creating the solar bodies Until we've created the solar causal body, and until we can travel in the solar astral plane, we're a a sitting duck, we're a moving target. Because they love, they love to feed on goodness and innocence. That's what they, there is nothing that the Black Lodge desires more than to twist, tempt, corrupt, and make fall an initiate, someone on the path. Their, their entire purpose for being is to drag people off the path and onto the left-hand path, or onto the path of devolution and the second death, at least. But if they can, they want to be able to turn initiates to the left-hand path and this is why uh, Star Wars is such an important and powerful modern mythology, because it's all spelled out there and it's all shown that we're there, that there's nothing the Sith covet more than a powerful Jedi that can be turned to the dark to the dark side. Because one who is powerful with the force, one who is strong with the force, if they were if they are strong with the force. On the light side of the force, they will be equally powerful with the dark side of the force. And it's true of esotericism. Adolf Hitler was a great initiate. He was on the path of the Bodhisattva. Some say he was one of the candidates to become the avatar of Aquarius, he was turned by the black lodge he was seduced and tempted and turned by the black lodge and he became look look what he was able to do look what he look what he did and we all know that hitler was absolutely obsessed with the occult we know that factually and we know also through his henchmen, that he was a master of black magic. He was a master of psychological manipulation. He was a master of mass hypnosis. Hypnotized an entire nation. So, so we've gone, we've gone over Um Okay, so Treya says beliefs I am protected. Beliefs? You think that beliefs will protect you? Beliefs are precisely illusion. They're fantasy, they're hypnosis. You cannot believe it they How how is that going to protect you You know that you're protected ah okay how do you know that and who's protecting you Understand that your innermost being and Divine Mother are in the sixth dimension. If you project into the astral plane, even if you project into the solar astral plane, you're still in the solar astral plane. You're only in the the fifth dimension. But if you're in the lunar astral plane, you're in hell. So who's protecting you in hell? You're in the domain of hell. You're in you are in the realm of demons. So who's protecting you? And she answers, the whole I am. Okay. That is precisely the power that we are invoking through the microcosmic star or drawing a circle of protection with the mantra hellion, melion, tetragrammaton with our flaming sword. We are invoking the power of the pentagram, the power of the tetragrammaton. The microcosmic star is exactly what it, what its name suggests, the microcosmic star invoking the power of the Logos, of the macrocosmic stars, the brotherhood of the stars, the Logos. But you have to do the work. You have to invoke it. You have to call for help. You have to cast the spell. You have to perform the act. You have to perform the rite, the ritual. You have to ask. Ask and you shall receive. God helps those who help themselves. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is automatic. Why should it be automatic? Why are you so special? Why are you so special that the Logos is doing nothing but standing around waiting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, watching, making sure that you're okay. What's so special about you? Why should you not have to face any dangers? Why should you not have to awaken? Why should you not have to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps and learn the ways of the White Lodge? Why should you expect the White Lodge to do the work for you? Because remember the Tao. Remember the game of chess. Your opponent is your adversary. But in the final analysis, it is all the great I am. In the final analysis, it is all God. The demon attacking you is God in the final analysis what would be the point of your individual journey as a monad what would be the point of sen- of allowing you to go into hell to face your demons to not have to face them to not be to 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 to, to actually have no threat That would be like going to a tennis court to take tennis lessons, to pay your tennis coach to give you tennis lessons, and then when it's time for the tournament, you go to the tournament and you tell your coach, I want you to play in my place. Does that make any sense to you? Or going to the gym and getting down to the bench press and instead of pressing the weight yourself, asking other people to lift the weight for you. What would be the point of that? Hey, Fabrizio. I'm glad you can join us. Asking what is going on? Well, you can always you can rewind live streams in real time if you go to YouTube. If you go uh, follow the you uh, go to uh, the Alice Information YouTube channel, you can rewind it and watch it there. I don't know if Facebook lets you do that. Uh, we obviously we can't spend the time recounting everything that uh, we've already said to, to this point, but we're talking about the plane and the pitfalls and the traps that await us there because we go to the lunar astral plane, not the solar astral plane. But again, you see in some of the comments how there are a lot of misconceptions and a, lo- a lot of individuals are misled as to the nature of the path. And that the path is not easy and that the astral plane is not our playground because many new agers believe that they're going to go to the astral plane and they're just going to go and fly around like superman and they're going to go spy on their loved one we we talked about that earlier or they're going to go and you know cheat on their taxes or cheat on their exams people have done that people have people have Gone and projected in the astral plane, and gone and looked at at exam papers, and uh, you know believing that they have the questions to the exam paper, and all sorts of things that people do in the astral plane. It's like the people who take psychedelics and they go on these trips and they have all of these wonderful adventures, or But sometimes they have bad trips, and then they then they realize that they're in hell. Right, the bad trips is when they're like, oh my god, it's like, it's like, well, maybe then they don't realize they're in hell. They just call it a bad trip, which is re- even worse because they don't even realize the truth. A psychedelic very rarely allows you to realize the truth, unless you're taking ayahuasca, and even then, it's n- not always beneficial. But ayahuasca will 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 ayahuasca is a little bit more honest and straightforward and forthright in showing you your demons and showing you hell um, that's why dr. Gabor mate uses ayahuasca for helping his uh, his patients with severe addictions because he'll go he'll do an actual shamanic ayahuasca ceremony with them so they can see their demon face to face and when they see their addiction for what it is a demon they come back, out of that trip and they go, okay, okay, okay. I, I get it now. I, I, I get it. I get it. I, 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 I finally understand what's making me shoot heroin up my arm and, and destroy myself. What's me, what, what wants to make me on the outside look like it on the inside. And it's, it's all that self-loathing. It wants me to turn into a decrepit, monstrous, creature because it's possessing me. But, I mean, how does a psychologist explain this to a a normie, right? To a muggle, right? You can't. I mean, you, you can't convince anybody of this. They have to know it for themselves. We have a friend who's an alcoholic. And Months and months and months after after you know forming our friendship, he he confided in us and he said, you know, you're absolutely right. Right? Because he says, I my alcoholism is it is it it is a demon. It's a demon. It's a demon. And he said it exactly like that. And he's sober now. He's been sober f- two years, three years? We should really know that. Now, this is what COVID does to us, right? We've been locked up so long and separated from our friends and everything else. Time is just... But... Um, so... <clears throat> Let's talk about an important, a very important, let's talk about a very important defense, a tool for your, uh, for your toolkit. We talked about the microcosmic star. We talked about drawing a circle of protection. We talked about the mantra, Klim Krishnaya, Govindaya, Govijana, Vai Swaha. We talked about the course, which the the Defense for Spiritual Warfare course on Glorian.org. We talked about the astral Projection course on Glorian.org. Both of them very valuable to spend your time going through those courses. But now we're going to speak to something which is the actual reason and the inspiration for tonight's live stream. And this is the phenomena of being approached by angelic beings. Masters, angels, what have you. In our experience, we have been able to invoke masters we've been able to travel to temples we have been able to do that of our of our own volition where we began instigated the 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 process there is really only one experience we've had where it was reversed, where the, the, the Ascended Masters of the White Lodge instigated and brought us to them. And it was, it was all of them. It was a council of the Ascended Masters. It was an assembly of the Ascended Masters. And that was the moment when they said, now listen very carefully to us. You don't have to save everyone. That was the only experience of that. Actually, yes, sorry. The only authentic experience of that. The only other times we were Approached by an entity, we were able to test them. And you should always, always test a being who approaches you in the astral plane as a master, or a friend, or an angel, or whatever, if you get approached by a being that is presenting itself as benevolent, as here to help you, as here to do whatever, as here to teach you, or guide you, or help you in any way, but especially if they are going to manipulate in some way some energy one of your bodies your that especially if they are appearing to offer you some help on on some metaphysical physiognomy level they're offering you some sort of intervention and they appear to you without you asking for it you would do very well to test them now how do you test them and how do you test them in a way where you're still polite and you're not you're not going to offend them if they happen to be authentic and the way to do this is simply to ask them to instruct you on the proper the ask them to advise you or instruct you on the proper practice of tantra do they advise the withholding of the semen or the the, the orgasm, the the transmutation of the sexual force? Do Do they advise scientific chastity? Do they advise abstention from the orgasm? Or... Do they promote and do they advise you to? No, 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 no. In fact, harness the sexual force. Use the orgasm. Use it to manifest. Use it to create. Use it to become a great magician. In that moment, in that instant, you will know their true nature. It is highly unlikely, it is highly unlikely, That a malevolent entity, that a black magician or a demon in disguise will tell you to practice white Tantra. It's highly unlikely. It's not impossible. We, we, We never want to rule anything out. Could a powerful enough demon be that clever and that seductive? But why would they ever advise anybody? to practice white Tantra, when that is an anathema to their existence. It is, it is, it is literally, it's, it is so unlikely that they would ever do that. That, that's why that question is the question that we can pose to any being that approaches us in the astral plane, and we can know their true nature based on their answer. What do you advise when it comes to Tantra? What is, what, what's your advice on when it comes to the orgasm? A malevolent entity, even in disguise, they will try to cloak it and they will try to rationalize it for you. And they will say, oh, yes. The orgasm is a very powerful sexual energy is very powerful and magic is a very powerful force. That's the force of creation and the force of destruction and you can harness your the orgasm to, to, to make powerful spells and you will become a powerful magician. And they're basically instructing you on how to become a black magician. And all the schools of Tantra, On the internet and in the world, in courses and um, uh, workshops and retreats for couples that teach how to uh, harness the power of orgasm and how to harness the sexual force for manifesting desires and, and manifesting wealth and all the rest of it it's all black magic they're all those are all schools of black magic all of them period full stop this is the test you see this is the litmus test and had any of those people those authors of those new age books that we were talking about earlier had any of those people had known to ask that question, they would have known that that resplendent being, that that magnificent angel or archangel that had appeared to them saying, you will be my messenger, I have chosen you to channel my teaching to the world. Say, oh, you just fall to your knees and I am so humbled and oh, I'm so honored that, well, that I would be chosen for such a great honor. but please, please, before before I I commit to you, before I dedicate my life in your service, please do me the great honor and the great service of, of instructing me on the correct the correct use of, of Tantra. And a black magician, uh, uh, a demon, they will be, that'll be too, that'll be like a, handed to, handing yourself to them on a silver platter. They can't resist an opportunity like that here they are here they are cherry picking you to become a channel or a spiritist which is a which is a terrible terrible metaphysical crime that carries with it a severe karmic burden it's basically they, they cherry picked you to become a useful idiot of the black lodge and now here you are on your knees you know in in humility as you as you would before an archangel before you would a genuine ascended master of the of the of the white lodge you would show you would prostrate yourself you would show your humility or at least you should and you would beg them to instruct you on the great arcana on the great arcana on the holy grail on the path of the razor's edge of the secret of secret of the holiest of holies, please instruct me on the great secret of Tantra. Please, so that I might serve you and, and be one of your disciples and be one of your followers and be one of your, 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 your brothers. A black magician can't resist that. And if they're authentic, and if they're genuine, they will instruct you in white tantra, and then you will know. Then you will know who you're dealing with. And a black magician or a demon, they can't resist. They can't resist that opportunity. They will instruct you in black magic. They will frame it as white magic. They will say that this is spiritual sexuality, they will explain that this is the essence of magic, that the sexual force, blah blah blah, the kundalini, they will, they will use all the buzzwords, they will say all the right things, in all the right ways, but in the final analysis they will be encouraging you to perform black tantra now then once you have that information now you can use the other tools that we talked about this evening the microcosmic star calling forth your flaming sword helian melian tetragrammaton your 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 flaming circle of protection your flaming sword, your shield. Believe me, they're 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 not nine times out of ten, they're not gonna fight you. They're cowards. They're con men. They're sleazy, slimy. Every archetype you can imagine from, from every mafia movie. From every crime drama, from every, from, from Lord of the Rings, Grima Wormtongue, every, or, or Gollum himself, every nasty, slinky, slimy uh, con man or 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 you know, sleaze bag, that's what you're dealing with nine times out of ten. They don't want to fight you. They have no interest in that. So you stand up to them with a flaming sword and a circle of protection with the mantras that you know. Confident that you have the power of the White Lodge behind you now because you invoked them. You called them. Now you have the power of the Logos. There, in your arm, in that sword. They're not going to tangle with that. They're going to slink away. They're going to say, I don't need this. Layla says, this video pretty much is a true testimony of a professor that died and went to hell. And he describes pretty much what you have described here in the astral plane all the difficulty remember to remember and to stop the aggressions etc Now, we can say unequivocally that awakening in the astral plane is a tremendous power. It's a tremendous gift. But what, what do you use, what do you use it for? What are you going to do if and when you awaken in the astral plane? The first thing that you should do is ask to see your Divine Mother. Remember that she can appear to you in any form, and she will appear to you in the form that she feels you need to see her as, because she's always nurturing us and guiding us on our path. She's always delivering unto us that which we need, not that which we want. So if she appears to us a certain way, that's what we need to see. So when she appeared to Leonardo da Vinci that way, that's what he needed to see and have burned into his memory so that he could paint the Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Mona Isa. My Isis. The most beautiful woman ever put on canvas. The second thing you should do is ask to see your innermost being ask to see your true self your atman there is nothing that there is nothing more humbling and nothing more eye opening talk about a wake up call you have no idea no one has any idea where they are at and the level of their being until they see their being standing before them. You have no idea who or what you are until you've been able to meet yourself, your true self. That's a fact. That's a fact. But we guarantee if you meet yourself A great many misconceptions, and if you are suffering from any mystic pride, it'll fall, fall to the wayside. Because when you witness the humility of your being, You will see it. You may not like what you see, but you, you you will not be able to deny what you see. Your being will appear to you objectively. In the cold, hard light of reality, there will be no subjective interference. And when you, when you experience that, you'll be like, you, you will not be able to see yourself as any sort of light worker or star seed or any of that new age bullshit. Certainly a trip to hell can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Layla says it served him as a wake-up call. He woke up to divinity. He was converted. He came back to tell the story. Sure. But what we're referring to specifically is the experience of seeing yourself as you are. Seeing your innermost being. And while you're at it, you can have a conversation with your being. You might as well take a moment and ask him his name, which is really your name, that is, your real name, ours is Atlas. Alux comes from the Logos, all light and God light, the Logos, Alux. then you will know then you will know you will have seen yourself then you will have taken the next step to knowing yourself what else can you or should you consider doing in the astral plane You can ask to invoke a master, a teacher. You can ask to travel to a temple of the Great White Brotherhood, Great White Lodge. You will know, you will need to know how to enter that temple. You will need to know the sign, the password. Um, We are not at liberty to reveal that on a YouTube live stream. You will have to find your own, you will have to find your own way to a Gnostic center. And you will need to demonstrate your commitment to the Great White Brotherhood before before you will learn how to enter a temple of the Great White Lodge in the supernal worlds. It is not out of some cultish reason. It is for the very reason that we were describing on this entire live stream. Because, and this is important, powerful entities can travel can influence us even in the solar astral plane. Let's say that again. Powerful demonic entities can influence us and affect us travel in, in other words, the solar astral plane. How demonic entities do that And how powerful black magicians do that? Powerful black magicians do it on the basis of being Hasnamusim. Entities with a dual center of gravity. Which means they have, they can develop, they have awoken in their lunar astral body as well as solar astral body. They have developed a solar astral body. This makes them extremely problematic and extremely dangerous. So the the secrets of the Great White Brotherhood are reserved for those who have demonstrated their, their commitment and their loyalty and their dedication to their higher self and to to the Logos, to divinity. And then you may gain access to any of the temples. And you can study with any of the the masters within. You can visit the Akashic records in the astral plane. Let's 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 pause and answer some questions here. Jamie asks, "Can you invoke your atman if you become lucid in a dream? Would it be as real as an astral experience?" A lucid dream is an astral experience. Those are the same, Jamie. There's no difference. If you ha- if you're having a lucid dream, you're you are traveling in the astral plane. You are awake in the astral plane. That's what astral projection is. That it's just a psychological term, lucid dream Charles asks about crossing the Perilous Chapel. The Perilous Chapel? Should we know what that is? That's not ringing a bell. Let's see what... uh... A brief look as to what you mean by that is um, you may be able to go there, that's, but that as far as we know is an, allegorical, an allegory that's uh, related to the, uh, the story of Arthur and the perilous chapel It's a chapel for reading here. The perilous chapel refers to for autobiographical play, which is the framework of the Arthurian legend to create a theatrical quest of romantic and proportions. And this is psychology. Okay. To, as used in psychology, chapel perilous is also a term referred to a psychological state in which an individual is uncertain whether some course of events was affected by a supernatural force, or was a product of their own imagination. Okay, it's as we thought. The perilous chapel in in the Arthurian legend, or as it relates to in literature, The chapel is related to marriage, and in ancient times, a couple, after they were married, would would go on a trip to a special temple where they would be instructed in the science of sexual alchemy. They would be instructed in White Tantra. This is the origin Of the term honeymoon. The tradition where after a couple get married, they take a trip together. They take a trip somewhere to a resort and they spend a lot of time having sex with one another on their honeymoon. That tradition, the origin of that, comes from this ancient tradition that the couple would go to a special temple of the White Lodge, and learn the secret of White Tantra, after they had taken their vows and made their pledge. And uh, they would learn how to... how to practice sexual alchemy. Now... Because sexual alchemy is the path of the razor's edge, and because Tantra, White Tantra, is always on the edge of becoming black, Black Tantra, that makes the chapel perilous. It's like walking on it's like walking the tightrope. It is the path of the razor's edge. It is the diff, it is the difficult path. It is the path that is beset on all sides by the, the attempts of the Black Lodge. To make us fall, and to to trick and tempt, and and seduce us with all manner of all manner of tricks, all manner of seductions. And one of the things that they seduce us when we're practicing white tantra uh, is they not only seduce us with black tantra, but if we are on the path of the Great White Brotherhood and we're on the path of the Bodhisattva, the the direct path. Then then what they will seduce us with is the left-hand path. Exactly what a black magician or a demon will appear to you as in the astral plane, they will appear to you as a master, they will appear to you as an an angel, but they will try to convince you to join the left-hand path by telling you that Sacred sexuality is harnessing the orgasm. And then you will fall into sexual degeneration. Believing, like so many people in the new age, like so many people on the internet, like so many people on Facebook, believe that they are being spiritual, they're being divine, and that they're, because they're practicing Tantra. Meanwhile, they're practicing Black Tantra. And Black Tantra was taught to them under false pretenses. So, the chapel, marriage, is related to sex, is related to, and sexual magic. So the chapel is perilous. That's what the perilous chapel refers to. Now, the psychological interpretation of that that it's you know not knowing if something is real or imagined while well, imagination is real what they really mean is whether or not something is objective reality or subjective fantasy that's what they really mean to say but but the the language of modern psychology is all topsy turvy upside down it's all degenerated every term has been flipped its meaning is reversed so it's it's so we don't really even need to concern ourselves with that. So there is no perilous chapel waiting for you in the astral plane that you need to get gain access to. All right, Layla, on an earlier discussion about, oh, about things to do in the astral plane. We weren't finished that list, Layla, so we're going to continue that now. We were just sidetracked with some of the questions. So we said, uh, what are the things we said you can do? Or you should do. Uh, ask to see your Divine Mother. Ask to see your innermost being, your Atman, your, your higher self. Um, go to a temple of the White Lodge if you know, if you've learned already, how to gain access. You're welcome, Charles. You're welcome. He says, thanks for touching the subject. I enjoyed your take. You're, wel- you're welcome. Um, the other thing you can do is... Oh, we said you can go to the Akashic Records. Yes, you can travel to the Akashic Records. And you can study there. Most of what Rudolf Steiner wrote in his books, his many books, he took from the Akashic Records. So, he went there, he studied, and he 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 awoke and so he rudolf Steiner almost exclusively just just sort of transcribed the things that he uh, he read from the Akashic Records. Now there's another library that we can visit. That is the Library of Atlantis. The Library of, of Atlantis is in the is actually in the fourth dimension, but obviously the fourth dimension has its astral. Reflection. so we can travel in the astral plane to the library of Atlantis and You will know you're there because it's underground. It's actually in it's deep within the Himalayan mountains and That's where it, that's where it exists and um, You can go and observe the atomic lamps that Plato uh, talked about the ones that are still burning after tens of thousands of years and When we went there uh we distinctly remember buddhist monks in their orange garb walking up and down the halls as we were we were descending down one of the halls deeper into the into the mountain um to access the library and there were there were buddhist monks coming up that staircase so the buddhists the tibetan buddhists know about the library of atlantis and clearly they use it so there's that We Now, if you happen to be a flat Earther, you can fly around the world. You can fly around the world, like Superman, and you can verify the nature of this Earth as a planet, as a round sphere in space. We also, in one of our journeys in the astral plane, we traveled to another planet to visit the, the another humanity. That takes a great deal of energy, and it certainly puts a great deal of strain on the silver cord. If you know the silver cord is that which connects our our higher bodies to our physical body. So our astral body is connected to the physical body via the silver cord so that we can snap back into our physical body and not get not get lost. There are schools of esotericism that teach students how to sever the silver cord. Uh, We don't encourage such practices. But do as you will as Alistair Crowley would say, I mean, such schools and such information is available. For us our experience in the astral plane is limited because we can't remember if it was Jamie or Charles who said this it was one of the first comments actually um, about about his Yes, Jamie said, I'm going to put this back up here. I found before starting Gnosis, I could get close to astral projection, vibration, etc. But after starting Gnosis, it's like all signs of astral travel stopped. Okay, so let us address this. We apologize, Jamie, if you're still with us, uh, we appreciate your patience in waiting this long for us to get to this question. Um, but we ne- we had some other pressing issues that we needed to uh, get as a foundation for this part of the uh, discussion, and <clears throat> it is not uncommon. <clears throat> it is not uncommon for students of gnosis to have a number of experiences in the astral plane only to have that ability revoked, that power taken away. Now, you might ask why, why, why should it be taken away? And the answer has to do with what we were listing as the things that you can or should do in the astral plane. Once you see what you need to see, once you've had the experiences which your Divine Mother knows you you need to have, then there's really no reason for you to go back. Remember your innermost being is the one who is in charge of our journey, of our path. And our Divine Mother arranges all that we need. If we created our solar astral body in a previous lifetime, and we had the ability to use it to travel in the astral plane, or very near do so, only to have it revoked or have it no longer, or seem seemingly shut off to us, like we we can no longer project into the astral plane for some reason. That does happen, and it, it is common for the very reason that we're trying to ascribe or explain here, is that we needed to have those experiences, we had those experiences, and now we need to move on. to to something else. There's something else we need to focus on. And what we need to focus on now is not doing the same thing over and over and over in the plane, and certainly not to make a playground of the astroplane. Because remember that identification and attachment does not end with the physical world. This is a very subtle sort of danger, trap, pitfall, whatever you want to call it, which especially nobody talks about in the New Age or anywhere else for that matter. That the astral plane is very tempting. It's very enticing. It's very easy to become identified with it. And projecting in the astral plane, and going here and going there and doing everywhere and having all these powers and being able to fly like Superman. And it's, it's very tempting. That's why the new age is filled, filled, saturated with people talking about 5D ascension. 5D ascension. They have no idea what they're talking about, 5D ascension. What they are is totally and utterly identified. They have a sleeping consciousness, but they believe that they're ascending to the supernal worlds because they're so identified with their ability to lucid dream, their ability to, to travel in the astral plane. It's all the lunar astral plane for them. The reason why their their uh their access to the astral plane isn't revoked is because they're not going to the solar astral plane, they're just going to the lunar astral plane, and the demons aren't going to revoke their pass into hell. And the White Lodge can't revoke their lunar body. That's not their domain. That's the domain of the demons. That's domain. That's the domain of hell. The White Lodge cannot prevent people from traveling in the astral plane, in the same way that the White Lodge cannot prevent people from taking psychedelics. And the White Lodge wouldn't anyway, because that's free will. The White Lodge won't violate any individual's free will, to do as they will. God will The, the, the law of free will is absolute. God will not violate it. No innermost being will violate it. But the solar bodies, right? The solar bodies, they belong to the being. They are the being's bodies. They belong to your innermost, your solar astral body. It's not your solar astral body, it's your innermost being's solar astral body. There's something else we need to share here, which is related to a conversation which we had earlier today, which was the inspiration for tonight's live stream, the impetus for tonight's live stream. And that is this idea that other beings are coming to help us, and other beings are showing up, and other beings are awakening this for us, or doing that for us, or so-and-so, that masters are coming and helping us, everything else, okay. We have to recognize. And this is why we have to be absolutely clear. Right? When we look at this, Okay, when we, when we look at this, your innermost being is here, in the sixth dimension. When you're traveling in the astral plane, you're traveling in your mind and in your heart in the fifth dimension. And whether you have your solar astral body or not, even if you have a solar astral body, If you're not able to be awake all the time, without your mind wandering, without your fantasizing about without getting distracted by this thought or that thought or this feeling or that emotion, you can fall into the lunar astral plane like this. But here's the point that we need to make. You do not receive initiations. You do not receive initiations. Your innermost is who receives initiations. And what are initiations? Initiations are elaborate tests, trials, ordeals, rites, and ceremonies that take place in the supernal worlds, in the inner sanctums, of the temples of the Great White Lodge. The idea or the notion that some other entity or some other being is showing up out of the blue in the astral plane to advance you and advance you is wholly erroneous. It does not fit. It does not match reality. Because you will not ascend. I will not ascend. Do you see anything, anything below this line? That gets to go above this line? The mental body, the emotional body, the vital body, the physical body, are below this line. To awaken means to create the solar causal body. But that doesn't mean that you and I get to go up. It means that our innermost being, our true self, gets to come down and embody these bodies, because they're now all solar bodies. And the consciousness and the innermost being by way of the human soul can now occupy and become self-realized. Your mind, my mind, this personality does not ascend, does not awaken. does not receive initiations, does not travel into the sixth dimension. It cannot. The mind cannot go above this line. So any notion any idea that there are masters coming and intervening and awakening you or activating this or activating that or lighting up this and lighting up that and what the hell do you think is going on Your true self is not there in the in the fifth dimension Why are masters appearing out of the blue, appearing to you in the astral plane, and touching and manipulating, and doing this and doing that, and you think that you're ascending now, you're more awake, you're more this, you're more powerful, you're more whatever, because of some entity that did X, Y, Z. That's not you. That's not who you really are. Is it possible that they're making alterations, or boosting, or whatever, the vehicle, the vessel? But recognize, as above, so below. Those alterations, those changes, those... there there, There is no mechanical way, there is no way for anyone to awaken anybody else. Your innermost being has to be able to advance in the initiations in the supernal worlds. And everything that we do on our level is synchronized with his progress. To have third-party agents coming in and messing about and intervening, and then the result of that is you believing I am more this and I am more that. I, 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 I. No, 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 no. I am nothing. Get it? I am nothing. I don't go to the astral plane anymore because, anymore because I don't need to be there. I need to be here doing Atlas's bidding, doing the work of Atlas. This is where I am. This is where I belong. This is where my emotional body and mental body needs to be in the service of Atlas, in the service of all of you. Not gallivanting about in the astral plane and not seeking some sort of supercharging from third-party masters in the astral plane, because I am nothing. I am insignificant. I came from the earth. I'm going back to the earth. I am a rental, a vehicle rental. Hertz, rent an avatar. I may as well be a Chevy Malibu. That's what I am. And if anybody believes themselves to be more than that, They are not on the spiritual path. They are on the path of worshipping their own false self. They're on the path of mystic pride. Radical humility is the way. Radical humility. Not self-loathing. Not self-hatred, because that too is a trick. Because these are the facts. Whether you find it hilarious or not, these are the facts. This is the truth. You do not ascend. Ever. None of us do. We are mere vessels and messengers. That's all we are. Accept it. Better yet, when you do travel in the astral plane, go and ask to see yourself. Speak to your innermost being face-to-face. Have them lay it on the line for you. Have them tell you what you are and what you are not. You don't come here to have sunshine blown up your ass. You don't come here for rainbows and unicorns. You don't come to this live stream to have the same bullshit that all the star seeds and all the and all the uh, light workers are spewing on all the other YouTube channels and all the other Facebook pages, there are an unlimited, unlimited amount of places for you to go to have a rainbow of skittles showered upon you. You don't come here for that. You come here for the hard truth. You come here for the information that very, very, very other few precious sources, online or anywhere, seem to have the courage to come out and say, as it is, and this is how it is. This is just how it is. And this is a typical reaction to the severity of the Christ. You don't think that the Logos can tell it like it is? You don't think that the Logos can bring the hammer of Thor down upon you? In the face of the lies, the deception, in the face of the infinite number and the literally millions upon millions and millions of souls that are believing the bullshit of the new age and 5D ascension and being WAF. You don't think that the Logos is able to bring some severity down in the face of that? You don't remember, you don't remember Christ kicking the moneylenders out of the temple? Then you don't know yourself, and you don't know the Christ. You don't know the logos if you think that it's all it's it's all rainbows and unicorns and oh delicate this and gentle that. You do not know the intensity of the logos. You do not know the intensity of love. You don't know the true nature of love. Severity and mercy applied unconditionally. That means I don't care if I hurt your fifis. Understand? I'm not channeling angels. We spoke about channeling. We are no spiritist. This is Alux speaking through Atlas now. There is no anger here. There is no envy. There is no fear. There is only the fierce light of truth. The harsh light of reality. and we are here now speaking in this way because it seems to be the only way and we cannot we cannot express ourselves on facebook seemingly with the right intensity without again having everybody's fifi's hurt And being accused of being angry, or this, or offensive, or what have you, or dogmatic, or fanatical, or all the different ways in which the mind rationalizes away the truth, and avoids reality, and avoids facing the fierce light, the intensity of the Christ. Those mild-mannered, soft-spoken, oh, those gurus, oh my goodness, oh, it's so this, it's so that. Anyone who has ever been touched by the Christ knows that there's a time to be soft-spoken, there's a time to be gentle, there's a time to be warm and inviting and nurturing and kind taking your time and and being gentle with 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 someone there's a time for that but there is also a time to face the hard truth of reality because we're not talking about saving lives here and yet look at how police officers or firefighters or members of the military in a crisis handle people and deal with people when their lives are in danger do you think they do you think they stop And concern themselves about the feelings of the people that they're handling and dealing with? No, they're there to save your life. So you better do what they tell you to do. If you want to get out of that burning building alive. How much more importance, how much more intensity, how much more urgency would there be behind their words and efforts and actions it was not your life on the line, but your soul. All the lifetimes that you have ever lived hang in the balance. Hang in the balance of what you do or do not do, whether you choose to be or not to be. It's not just it's not a lifetime that's on the line. It's thousands of lifetimes in the mineral, plant, animal, and human kingdom. And the thousands more lifetimes that you have to endure on the path of involution toward the second death. And the astral plane is one of the favorite realms of the Black Lodge to get you. So, yes, there's urgency here, yes, there's intensity here, and yes, you need to hear it. Everyone does. Everyone does. Okay, Charles asked. To your knowledge, is it possible to drift into the lunar plane in the wor- in the waking state, while fully sober, everything appearing exactly the same, but your interactions seem different, a la a masquerade? The answer is yes. Yes, it is. Now. Now, when you say, well, fully sober, um, and you don't... In essence, we slip into the lunar astral plane when we begin to daydream when we begin to fantasize, there are those who are, we call them lunatics, right? We call them people who hallucinate. It is possible to hallucinate, right? That's what, that's what a hallucination is. A hallucination is someone who is simply experiencing reality on a different plane than everybody else. So now, and if they're hallucinating monsters and demons, well that's well, even if they're hallucinating whatever they're hallucinating, it's that is the lunar astral plane. So the answer is yes. and can that happen when you're sober? There are many things that can cause hallucinations. There needs to be some circumstance that causes us to slip. but in the but in the simplest form, a daydream will do it. You know, you're losing, forgetting yourself. So here's an example. Very simple example that most people should be able to identify with. You're driving along on a highway, on a freeway. And you're going wherever you're going. And all of a sudden, you look down or look up and an hour has passed and you have no idea where that hour went or you you look up at the sign and it's like you look at a sign and your destination is 200 miles away and then you a few seconds later you glance up and you see a sign your destination is now 10 miles away and you and you're like what we where did, the, where did those 200 miles go? You spent the last 200 miles in the lunar astral plane. You were asleep. your consciousness was asleep. your your body was on autopilot driving the car and your mind and your emotions were someplace else. That's called daydreaming. that's called being in the, that's called s- drifting into the lunar astral plane. Now, Eric asks, have you used the conjuration of Jupiter for protection in the astral? Um, We've used the conjuration of the 7, the conjuration of the 4, but we're not aware of what the conjuration of Jupiter is. So the answer is no, we have never used the conjuration of Jupiter in the astral plane. And the conjuration of the 7 and the conjuration of the 4, which we just mentioned... They can be found in the, they can be found in the course that we referenced earlier, Defense for Spiritual Warfare, which we will throw up again here, throw up, which we will put on the screen here. Okay. This is the Defense for Spiritual Warfare course. They should go over the Conjuration of the Seven and the Conjuration of the Four. Yes, they do. Um, they also go over the Invocation of Solomon, the Microcosmic Star. This is a... In, in, in our view, this is a must... This is a must uh, course. It's a, it's, a must, it's a must read or a must listen to course. You really, in many ways, most of Glorian's courses are the course on alchemy, the course, this course, the course on astral projection, especially in light of the topic of tonight. We highly recommend all of them. But especially for the topic that we were dealing with tonight and preparing yourself for the challenges which potentially await you or await us all at some point as we advance and level, we will be challenged, we will be tested and we will have to face the darkness in many profound and meaningful ways. It, It is good and write to pr- prepare ourselves. So, and then of course there's the astral projection course, which, um, we also recommend and, um, and we'll throw the link in up in just a moment as soon as it uh, it, it posts online. Um, we're at the three-hour mark, so we're going to... Uh oh, it doesn't like that link for some reason. Let's try this again. We're at the three-hour mark, so if anyone has any other questions or comments, let's uh, see if we can... Okay, so there's the link to the Astro Projection course. If no one has any comments or questions, then we will take this moment to thank you for being with us. And we are uh, heartened by the turnout, uh, c- especially considering that we told everyone that uh, that tonight's uh, live stream would be canceled. Um, again, that was a uh, just a a fluke, last minute thing. Our our uh, our, our uh, family member couldn't make it last minute. Okay, so here's a question. Let's, let's see if we can uh, get a few off really quickly. Opinions on ceremonial and high magic to strengthen the solar body. What strengthens the solar body is transmutation of the sexual force. That's what strengthens and creates the solar body. It is transmutation of the sexual force. So pranayama, the vairoli mudra, white tantra, this is what creates the solar body. We cannot speak of anything else ceremonial or any other high magic or anything else that that can strengthen the solar body. And I think that anyone who's offering you something like that, you you may want to double check and make sure that they're not secretly trying to get you to perform acts or rites that are actually strengthening your lunar astral body under false pretenses but anyway that's our knowledge and our experience uh, we don't profess to be masters of occult magic so if there are additional high magic or white magic or ceremonial magic to strengthen the solar bodies that we're not aware of we just may not we might just not be aware of them Eric, you're most welcome. You're always most welcome, brother. Jamie says, "How long does it take to build the solar body through alchemy?" Well, it's different for everybody. It all depends on how much your sexual force is bottled up inside of lust and inside of egos and how many egos because it's sexual alchemy is more than just it's more than just practicing white tantra. If you're not working on your egos, if you're not doing self observation, if you're not doing self remembering, if you're not annihilating the egos, then then you're not you can you might be able to create solar bodies, but you're going to be you're going to be creating a hasnamusin. You're going to be developing a dual center of gravity. If you're not eliminating your egos, because you're going to be awakening, you're going to be creating solar bodies, but you're still bottled up inside of ego. So, you're basically going to be creating an entity, a black magician or a demon, who's able to travel in the solar astral plane, but it's still a demon. You're going to be creating exactly one of those, those, those entities that we were warning about in this live stream. The ones that can actually travel in the astral plane because they have a solar astral body, but they're an awakened demon, they're or a Hasnamussan. And they're going and they're screwing around with people in the astral plane. So the answer is a long, long time. In some cases, lifetimes. So keep in mind everything that we we spoke about in this live stream. Because there's no guarantee that just because you've done a little white Tantra that now you have a solar astral body and now you're free and you're clear and you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, you don't have to test entities that approach you. No, you do. You do. Because remember, remember this graphic always. Always remember this. That until you create your solar causal body... If you're traveling in the fifth dimension, like this, you can fall into the lunar fifth dimension, like this. Well, we're glad you stuck around as well, Charles. You're always welcome, and you're most welcome. (laughs) Eric says, like Rasputin. Like, how about like Faust, like so many others, like Macbeth, like Lear, like, like, uh, like Oedipus. Like every other tragic here, uh, figure from literature and from from mythology, like this we can fall. Eleftheria, Eleftheria, thats a cool name. Sexual transmutation was mentioned in *Think and Grow Rich*. There was no mention of keeping who in of keeping who in check. Think and Grow Rich. They they mentioned sexual transmutation and think and grow rich. We've never read that book. And are they really talking about sexual transmutation or are they talking about harnessing the sexual force for manifesting abundance, manifesting money? Because the book's title, Think and Grow Rich, sounds like it's a book of black magic. Now, again, any black magician can use the words sexual transmutation. But then talk about visualizing and really, really, really putting your force and you know, and like chaos magicians, and they'll do a spell and they'll masturbate on it. And uh, anyway, we we don't we don't want to get into all of those. So Joel says that's what I think I have is a solar astral body. Well, that's that's great if you think that, but it's better to know that. Because thinking means nothing. Thinking is an illusion, and thinking is a trap. If you think you have one, chances are you don't. Because if you had one, you'd know you had one. Eletheria, no mention. Eletheria, ego in check. No mention of keeping who in check. No mention of keeping ego in check. Yes. Well, look, a book called Think and Grow Rich. And listen, that was probably on the New York Times bestseller list. Are we right? Or it's on like, you know, it's on these uh, self-help gurus list of books to read. It's in the self-help section. It's not in the it's not even in the new age section. It's in the self-help section. So, of course, there's going to be nothing in there about keeping the ego in check because only the ego picks up a book that's titled Think and Grow Rich. Your being doesn't want to read that. There's nothing of value in a book like that to your being. What? Why does your being want to think for? The being doesn't think. Your innermost being doesn't think. If remember our live stream on freeing yourself from the mind. If you don't free yourself from the mind, you will remain its slave. That's our live stream, and for the very reason that that is it's lunar until it is solar until it is in the hands of the being until it is reflecting the wisdom and knowledge of the being and be and the beings being the logos it is your adversary so think and grow rich that may as well be a handbook of ego jamie says do you think there is enough time for us to awaken to the point of the solar causal body despite the current state of the world is in the Cal- the Icaliga. yes absolutely absolutely do not be distracted do not allow yourself to be drawn into all of the dramas and all of the 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 conspiracies and all of the the atrocities and all of the politics and the, the, the endless, endless tribalism and separation and animosity and and all of the other distractions out there keep focused on your battle. The battle that only you can fight and the battle that only you can win. It's the one in here. It's the one in here. The Kali Yuga is going to take care of itself. And if you guys want another live stream on the Kali Yuga and how all the covid and the latest developments and everything fits into that, we will be happy to tackle that topic. Maybe even as soon as Wednesday or next Friday, um, maybe we'll do a poll on Facebook or something, or if, or, or just send, send us a message, send us a comment, send us a message, uh, and let us know, do you want to, uh, have another session, a live stream on the Kali Yuga and also addressing Jamie's question is how can we use the Kali Yuga? How can we harness what is happening out there to help us in our internal work, in our, in our, in our journey and in our path to create the solar causal body. Is it possible to awaken? Yes, absolutely it is possible. Not only, not only is it possible, but there are many, many monads from many other humanities that are here now on this Earth. They have reincarnated. And this is where a lot of the uh, people in the New Age who claim to be from Pleiades, some of them, or many of them, might actually be that because there are many members of other humanities from other planets who are taking advantage of this humanity's Kali Yuga to do phenomenal work and make phenomenal progress. Because remember, the three factors of evolution and revolution of the consciousness are birth, death, and sacrifice. This is how we become ascended masters. Not by reading New Age books, not by doing psychedelics, And nobody can touch our spine and make us ascend. Cannot happen that way. Does not happen that way. We become ascended masters through birth, death, and sacrifice for others. And our innermost being accomplishes that by as above, so below. He's doing higher and higher and higher initiations, and we are reflecting the initiations that he's doing in the work that we do in the world. So this suffering humanity, this, this, these, these collapsing civilization, there are opportunities, countless, endless opportunities to do the work of the logos. And there is no work more important here and now than to help others get off the train to oblivion. So, Um, we humbly suggest that if you want to help others, share these live streams. Invite others to 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 follow Atlas information, to follow our blog, to read our blog, to to watch our videos. Encourage others to come hear the hard truth, the truth they can't get anywhere else or very few other places because they can get it on Glorianne they can get it on glorian but in glorian they'll get a lot more than what they bargained for in glorian.org there's a lot of information and in the books of master samuel he wrote 60 books but just before he just before he disincarnated from the planet he revealed to his disciples yes yes i wrote 60 books and i gave thousands of hours of lectures but to be honest with you these are the only four books you really need to read. These are, these are, this, is the, this is the point, these, these four books. One of them was Revolutionary Psychology. And all we can tell you is that our work here, we don't need to duplicate everything that Glorian has done. That's why we offer those additional resources for you to go and read and study. Because we're not here to make duplication of effort. What we're here to do is hammer home those essential, foundational, need-to-know information and to break down and bust through all of the misinformation and disinformation and false beliefs and erroneous conclusions and all the other nonsense and bullshit that's being spread by the Black Lodge precisely because it's the Kali Yuga. Okay Anything else? Any other questions? Any other comments? If not, thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you again. Well, of course, Eric. Uh, here's another place with talks that, that you enjoy. Karate Radio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you And uh, Roy asks, uh, did you know who is the man behind of that Glorian Publishing? Um, there are several people behind it, and uh, we know three of them. But really, it's the work of Master Samael. I mean, that's that's their inspira- inspiration. But we know three of the people behind um Jamie asks, what's your view on the Death in Motion by the Master Rabalu?" We're not familiar with the Death in Motion by Master. We don't even know who Master Rabalu is. So we have no view on that. Roy says, I love to add a friends here, bro. Okay <laughs> uh, yeah, add add some people here as your friend, I guess I um, we'll put this link back up just for a moment, Eric. Um, karate radio is. It's associated and affiliated with uh, Ajax, if we're not mistaken. Um, you're very welcome. Are we pronouncing that right? Eleftheria? Eleftheria? Or Eleftheria? Anyway, it's an intriguing name and you're most welcome. And we're going to continue to do these videos until we no longer can, and even then, we may be adding additional streaming services to our account. So we may open a BitChute account, we may go uh, open a Rumbler or Odyssey. In other words, we we may add additional streaming platforms just in case facebook and youtube become uncooperative because it is possible in the future that and it is possible in the near future that that live streams such as this one will be deemed not just politically incorrect but or problematic or something like that that it 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 is very likely that in the very near future we won't be able to do live streams like what we have done up until this point because they will be downright illegal they will be deemed uh hate speech or something akin to that so we have to prepare for we have to prepare for the worst so we're looking at what alternate platforms might be, because before something like this becomes illegal, uh, websites like YouTube and Facebook will just censor them. The the censorship will come first, and the illegality will, will come second. So we are looking at what alternative platforms are out there. BitChute, BitChute and Rumbler are two that come to mind, because we often receive videos about uh, the... COVID-acy, which are on those platforms. Precisely, Eric. Gnosis will have to go underground again. It's almost inevitable. It's almost inevitable. It's just a question of when, not if. So, in the meantime... So, while we are able to grab all the books of Master Samael, well, maybe not all of them, but at least those four... The Great Rebellion, Revolutionary Psychology, The Three Mountains, and The Perfect Matrimony. And we would also recommend The Piece to Sophia Unveiled and The Yellow Book. And frankly, Revolution of the Dialectic. So, the four that Master Samael talked about were revolutionary psychology, the Great Rebellion, Revolution of the Dialectic, and the Three Mountains. We believe we believe we have that right. But those those were the four that uh, he recommended. Yes, Rebel Lion, and if you haven't read our blog on. If you haven't read our blog on The Lion King, then you really, really should because if you if you like the connection between rebellion, and the lion, the lion is is a powerful, powerful symbol, and it has played such an important role in esotericism, going all the way back to the Egyptians the egyptians who actually had domesticated lions they had domesticated lions they had lions pulling chariots this is stuff that 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 archaeologists have no concept about no idea about but uh, well we won't go, we don't have time to go through this now but uh, but this is our our article on uh, on the Lion King. So, if you like your lions, there's the link and there's our uh, blog article Lion King, the circle of the tree of life. So, it's waiting for you. Knock yourself out. Okay. Let's uh, Let's see, anybody else? Anything else to share or comment or ask or? Again, we want to thank everyone for coming out, for showing up and uh, for participating. And we will likely do the next live stream on another taking another stab at the Kali Yuga based on the latest developments and what seems to be on the horizon in terms of the possibilities of what's next. And there is a lot to share. Um, it, it may be just as well that we do it on either Wednesday or Friday of next week because there's going to be we will we will want to do a fair bit of preparation because if we do a live stream on the Kali yuga in terms of the latest developments, we will have to gather some of the video testimony, the video evidence and try to put it together in in some sort of logical format for all of you to share and and view. Okay. Oh, you're welcome, Roy. Jamie asks, any quick tips about comprehension on the ego in order to eliminate it? Yes, meditate. And uh, it seems like an abstract concept that can't really be explained in depth. What, the elimination of the ego? Well, self-observation and meditation. It's, uh, It's not something you can't. It can't be explained because it's not. How do you explain the elimination of the mechanical mind in such a way that the mechanical mind can understand it? Right? No. Okay. Right. The comp- so so the comprehension of it takes place in consciousness. And nothing that the consciousness knows can be explained, if that makes any sense. It can be known, it can be shared, it can be shown, it can be experienced. It can be explained, but the mind can never comprehend it, can never understand it. Or if it understands it, it understands it in this superficial Superfluous way, it cannot penetrate into the depths, it cannot. The mind does not comprehend, right? The mind does not comprehend language. Why do you think it is that computer programmers and people who create AI have such difficulty making computers understand speech because they can't understand speech, they can barely do text-to-speech. Comprehension is a function of consciousness. And comprehension of the ego can only take place then. It doesn't... you can't think about something. That's why meditation is important, and learning how to meditate on something, and why visualization in meditation, and Learning how to do retrospection meditation, and if you don't know how to do retrospection meditation, let's uh, let's let's do this. Let's see if we can pull this up really quick. You would think we would have this here, but... So this is a lecture by uh, Samael and Mayor called uh, The Didactic for the Dissolution of the Eye. This is very similar to the material that's in uh, revolution of the dialectic okay so there's the link okay so so the dissolution of the i clearly requires the comprehension of egos so in this article, uh, Master Samael will touch on that. Now, so if you do a search on Glorianne, we just did a search right now, and we come up with retrospection meditation explained, comprehension and meditation And beginning meditation theory. So, this article. Okay, so this comes from. Ah, okay, all right. So, we have this. uh, Okay, so the last lecture. In this course, it's been so long since we actually studied these courses, so sometimes we forget where things get addressed. So this, the last lecture, here, right here, Comprehension and Meditation. We threw up the link to the course, Jamie. It's meditation without exertion. This is a fantastic course, by the way, and this is a fantastic methodology for meditation that they go through: is relaxation, concent- concentration, visualization, and prayer. But then, this um, this final lecture, we we encourage you to go through the whole course, because each lecture builds on the previous material. But this final one, this is dealing specifically in comprehension in meditation. So, this one will address very directly what your question was. But the second... and we're betting that this is also in the same course. No, okay. So there's a course called Beginning, there's a a lecture series called Beginning Here and Now, so let's just um, minus the highlight, see if we can grab this link minus the highlight, okay. Okay, so let's do this. we throw this link up for you now as well, and this is Retrospection Meditation. This meditation is essential to working on your egos. Because this meditation will allow you to retrospect on your day, retrospect on the egos, And you combine what you'll learn here with the Meditation Without Exertion course and the Comprehension in Meditation lecture. You combine that with this knowledge, and you combine it with transformation of impressions, self-observation, self-remembering, observation of your egos. These are what are going to give you the building blocks to do your practice that's actually going to lead to comprehension of egos. But you have to practice it. So study, learn the techniques, learn the methodologies, and then put it into practice, and you'll be off to the races, as they say. Okay, so we're now past the three and a half hour mark. We're not going to wait for a round number. We're going to say thank you all for joining us again. All these links are there for everyone now. They're on Facebook, they're on YouTube. and um, we look forward to seeing you guys again. And remember, uh, if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and share and subscribe. Uh, that, that, that'll help, that'll help uh, give more exposure to this content and these live streams and help more people gain access to the hard truth that they can't get anywhere else or at least very few other places. All right. Thank you all again, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you all again very soon. Good night. Have a wonderful weekend, and as always, virtual peace.